0: From the Financial Times in London, I'm Shona Jenkins and this is FT News. For years after the 2003 invasion of Iraq, Americans relied on Iraqis to navigate a country whose terrain and sectarian loyalties were little understood. Journalists could not have survived without them. Neither could troops, aid workers or diplomats. But many of those who helped the Americans now feel abandoned. With me in the studio is Christine Spolar, head of FT investigations. And on the line from Baghdad are Sinan Adham and Nadeem Majid, who worked with her when she was a reporter for the Chicago Tribune during the war in Iraq. Christine, could you tell us a bit about your former colleagues, Nadeem and Sinan, and how they helped you?
1: Yes. I met Nadim and Sinan in the first weeks after the invasion in 2003. I was the bureau chief for the Chicago Tribune, and we needed translators and drivers. And Nadim was a translator, and Sinan was hired as a driver. And they stayed with us for seven years. During that time, they were out in the street with us reporting. And when things got more and more dangerous, they would be our eyes and ears and basically be reporting out on the street for us dean took risks, and in one case, while he was taking care of the office, it was hit by a mortar. Another year after that, the same office was shredded by a dual car bomb. And he survived, and uh, he kept on reporting throughout. Sinan took risks just to get us around the country to drive to see what was happening in Iraq. And both men were there until the Tribune closed its offices in 2009. And now Nadim works for uh, Nissan Motors and Sinan is an analyst with the UN looking at security every day, assessing that.
0: Sinan and Nadeem have both applied for resettlement visas in the US as refugees. Last year, they both received emails from the US Citizenship and Immigration Services stating that they could not be trusted. No one disputed that they had presented all the proper papers or that the visa applications were credible. Yet form letters dismissed Sinan, then Nadim, with vague finality, saying denied as a matter of discretion for security-related reasons. Nadim, could you tell us a bit about the work you did for Christine?
2: I worked for Christine when she was the bureau chief of the Chicago Tribune in Baghdad back in 2003 for Five and even after she left Baghdad, I continued working for the Chicago Tribune until it closed the, its foreign operation in 2009.
0: When you were working with Christine and the Chicago Tribune, and even after, did you face any special danger simply by having worked with foreigners?
2: Yes, we faced lots of dangers personally and also in general. We survived shootouts. And also we survived a, a dual bomb attack against the Hamba Hotel, where the Chicago Tribune had its office. Also, some other incidents, I can't count now, but there were several.
0: While you were continuing to work for them, did you also get targeted in any way because of your association with Americans? Yes. All the
2: foreigners I worked with, they know me that I'm a very social person, and I had lots of friends before I work with the Americans. But since the terrorists started attacking people affiliated to Americans, I stopped mixing with people. Now I have very limited relations with people, even the friends I know, for example, in the neighborhood. I don't mix with people, even my children. I banned them from going outside because I know all the people know where I worked. And I just want to avoid problems because there are lots of people who got killed or forced to leave their neighbourhoods or their country because of their work with the Americans. So I'm worried about my family, especially my children. I can hide, that's fine. But the life they are living, it's not what they deserve. They are completely isolated from the world.
0: You have applied for a resettlement visa in the US. Can you just tell us a little bit about how you applied and why and what's happened?
2: It started when I lost my sister in a tragic incident back in 2006. She was killed while I was driving on my wedding day. She was sitting beside me in the front seat. After then, we left Iraq and we settled in Syria, in Damascus. During these years, I continued going to Baghdad back and forth, but family stationed in in Damascus. For safety reasons and in 2008 when this program started the refugee admission program i applied i was one of the first people who applied and we continued uh, conducting interviews medical checks screening lots of interviews and nothing happened and in march 2009 when things started getting better we decided to go back to baghdad we thought that's it the war is over indeed the situation was better We moved back to Baghdad, and the UNHCR sent our files to Baghdad, to the embassy, to U.S. embassy. But then I think we discovered that it's another program, and we had to start over. So we were interviewed again, have had medical checks again, and all the things started over. And nothing happened so far since then. And in 2014, last year, they sent me an email. I was astonished that they rejected my application. And uh, for no reason, Uh, there are uh, boxes they tick. The box they ticked was other reasons. I don't understand what other reasons are. And uh, I applied for appeal through uh, some organization in New York and uh, we never heard of them.
0: So you're still waiting to hear how your appeal has gone?
2: And in addition to the appeal, uh, with the help of my uh, American friends, Christine, James and others, contacted some senators through their office just to know for what reason they rejected my application, but none of them worked.
0: Sinan, perhaps you could tell us your own story about your application and how hard you've been trying to get through this bureaucracy.
3: When they opened the process of the immigration of the refugees, when they announced this, I was very happy. I thought that I deserve that because of my old servants were there, Chicago for and work. And then I like the United States. I like to, to be there. I think it's my dream and my family's dream too. I thought it will be very easy. I have a lot of recommendations from my newspaper and that's what they want. And the situation here For the Iraqis that worked for the Americans, started to get worse and worse at that time and till now, of course.
0: What is your current job now in Baghdad? I'm
3: working for the United Nations as a security information analyst at the security section.
0: Does this involve you having security checks done on you?
3: Well, yeah, of course. And because of the location of the United Nations... Mission located in the green zone. So I have to go through the process of the Arab security forces to allow me to go to my work.
0: So, why do you think the U.S. would deny your application for security related reasons?
3: Well, I want this answer from them because for me, I'm sure that I've provided everything to be honest all the papers, all my documents. And I don't think there is a fault from my side or an error from my side. So I need the answer from the Department of Homeland Security.
0: Christine, do you see any reason why these applications have been turned down? I don't know why their applications
1: have been turned down. I have tried to get answers, and I've actually filed Freedom of Information requests to the uh, Citizen and Immigration Service in the U.S. just to find out particularly about their cases. You know, what paperwork do they have on these men? I have also asked, you know, several times, what is the backlog there of these cases? Uh, Haven't gotten any answers on any of those questions. It is really remarkable how you can get no answers and there's no accountability when there has been a rejection. I just want to know. Did you know the Capital Ideas podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin? Through the words and experiences of investment professionals, you'll discover who was their best mentor. What's a mistake they made that changed their approach? And how do they find their next great idea? Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Published by American Funds Distributors, Inc.